welcome to Just an Ordinary Girl. I'm your host. My husband calls me babe, my kiddos call me mama, but you can call me Stevie. I'm Just an Ordinary Girl, helping listeners find the extraordinary life through the extraordinary God. Jesus often taught his disciples through parables, stories of ordinary life that mirrors a spiritual lesson that he wanted to teach them. I feel he speaks to us today in the same way. So stay tuned to see how this ordinary girl plans to live the extraordinary life. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And hey, tell your ordinary friends as well. Welcome back. If you're joining in on this podcast for the first time and want to know what I'm all about, please refer back and listen to episode zero. That's where I introduce myself and let listeners know exactly what they're getting themselves into. Of course, it's not a must, but it might give you a tad more insight into who this girl is, thinking she has anything to say. But if you stumbled upon just an ordinary girl podcast and you really don't want to have to go back, that's okay too. Each episode is a standalone one and you'll be perfectly fine where you are. That said, thank you to all who listened last week. What a blessing it is to see your support. And, in case you were wondering, I did get a great pair of shoes. Granted, I had to take the first most adorable pair back. That heel was way too high, but I did find another pair, perfect and half the price at my area mall. God's got my back, right? So, it's the last week of January, and I have a pretty personal question for you. The good thing is, I can't even hear your answer. So feel free to be honest here, okay? Are you ready? How is the New Year's resolution going? Now, if you're feeling really bad about the answer, do not shut the podcast off just yet. There is no judgment here. Sometimes we just set goals and we quickly realize that we set the wrong goals. To walk away takes strength. Sometimes we set goals and quickly realize they really were too lofty and we need to reevaluate big time. Well, stick around. I don't think all's lost here. I think God can do something with our goal ideas. At least, I think he can challenge us. And perhaps today, we can set new ones. Word pictures are a great learning tool when we're trying to learn a new concept. Word pictures compare one concept to another concept using either a more visual approach or comparing something ordinary to another concept that perhaps is more difficult to comprehend. The Bible uses them often. I love it. Just to bring some to mind that the Bible does use, think of the phrase, a thief in the night. It describes how Jesus will return. Throughout the descriptions around it, you learn that it's not a picture to indicate that Jesus is coming back with a ski mask and a crowbar, because, you know, that's not how thieves operated in biblical times. Instead, it shows you more of the the in-the-middle-of-the-night idea. No one goes to bed at night expecting a thief. However, they do prepare by locking doors, securing windows, maybe putting a car away. So by using the word picture with a tad bit of a descriptive language around it, you walk away knowing that Jesus is coming suddenly and you need to be prepared. Another popular one is flowing with milk and honey. It's a pretty pleasant image, right? However, this wouldn't wouldn't quite make sense to a resident of, say, an inner city who has rarely ever gone past the suburbs. And perhaps you're lactose intolerant, or you're steering clear of sweets. Arriving at a land that flows with milk and honey 
maybe a turnoff for you. But to the people who knew that milk means cattle, milk means a thriving business, and milk has ties to fertility, they understood this. They understood that honey was a pure delight. It meant there was flowers and riches. This imagery makes sense to them. Not to mention, the land the Israelites were going to truthfully did actually flow with milk and honey. So there's that. It had livestock, it was fruitful, and archaeological digs done back in 2007 uncovered beehive colonies dating back to the 9th and 10th century BC. So not only was it a way to see a simple spoken word, it was a luxury, it was a picture that showed luxurious and hardy land. And it was truthful. It's not just a metaphor. But my favorite word picture is found in Romans 12:20. It wasn't my favorite until I researched it, but the image it conjures up in my mind. Well, let me just read it to you. Close your eyes, but not if you're driving, please, and see what comes what image comes to your mind. Romans 12:20 says, "To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head." <laughs> At first, I'm all smiles and visions of niceties. Oh, it's so easy to be nice and sweet and feed your enemy, and then we're going to burn coals on his head. Wait, what? Is the Bible really telling us to feed our enemies, give them something nice to drink, and then dump fire on their heads? Now, if you're hoping that's the answer, you need to stop that. We need to be nicer than that, right? No. Apparently, this word picture is drawn from the ancient process of smelting. Now raise your hand if you know what smelting is. I'm putting mine down. I had to look it up. Smelting is the extraction of metal from its ore by a pro- process involving heating and melting. So if you heat something up to the point of melting it in order to draw out the impurities, that's what you're doing. The coal would begin the melting process and then the whatever they're called, the smelters, they would heap the coals on top of the ore. And this melted ore caused the pure metal to pull away from any impurity that was in it. So about being kind to your enemy, someone harsh, judgmental, maybe someone really crass towards you, you actually soften them up. You separate out their impurities so that their pure selves can shine through. What a word picture, right? Unfortunately, it only really makes sense if you understand what heaping coals on top of something's going to do. However, the audience that heard that statement from Paul, they understood. Paul purposely used it to fit the audience. And Paul does that a lot throughout the Bible. That is the purpose of this very podcast. Each week, I want to bring you a word picture of sorts, a way that God can speak about a concept he'd like for us to learn, but do it with the issues that we're already facing. Now, of course, not everything that I face in an ordinary day has some extraordinary spiritual lesson. But if I look with my heart and I begin to pray that God will speak to me in those ways, I know he'll do it. And I think if you do the same, you will begin to start to notice how God uses that. Now that was a long intro into what we were beginning to talk about before, New Year's resolutions. But because this podcast is so new, I want to be upfront about what it's all about. And it's about modern day parables. According to LiteraryDevices.com, a parable is a figure of speech which presents a short story typically with a moral lesson at the end. It's like a comparison. Think the boy who called wolf. On the surface, it's about a boy who kept saying there was a wolf when there wasn't. But we walk away knowing that 
if we do lie too many times, no one's going to believe us. Jesus uses many of these in his teachings, and I challenge you to do a study of them. They can be very enlightening. Be sure that you read knowing what the intended audience knew and what you're supposed to know. Today, I believe God speaks to us. We are his intended audience, and he can use our everyday ordinary in order to do it. Just remember, it will always line up with the Bible. He'll never give you something new that he didn't already support with the Word of God. So let me get back to those New Year's resolutions. But first, let me tell you this. This is a no-judgment zone. My goal is to encourage and hopefully challenge, but never to cast a moment of judgment. So just as my husband and I tell our church congregation... If you misunderstand something or feel anything but encouragement and a push to be a better in your life in Christ, please get a hold of me. You can email me at ordinarygirlstevie at gmail.com. But still, let's answer the question. How are the New Year's resolutions going? I'm not much of a resolution setter, but I'm a huge planner and a goal setter. I've learned to set goals that are small and attainable, I've learned to pray first or else be ready to abandon them as soon as I don't feel that God's in it anymore. And I failed at some. I've actually succeeded at some too. Currently, I'm back on the elliptical. After a year of open and closed gyms, I'm ready to get back on and try to get myself back to where I was. But I've learned not to set weight goals. (laughs) It lets me down way too much. I guess I don't understand the science behind it. I don't get the the whole diet and exercise losing weight. It doesn't always work the way it says it's going to work. So I decided to go for a fitness and health over a number on a scale. I don't know how many times I've shaken that scale and screamed, muscle weighs more than fat, just to try to get myself to keep from throwing the silly scale. So I set different types of goals. I get on the elliptical with a calorie burn goal. I know they aren't fully accurate, but if the machine says I can burn 10 calories in one minute, then in a month, I want to be able to burn at least 13 to 14 calories in one minute. It kind of shows a progression there. So my goal is around 15 to 17 calories in one minute. So I sometimes push myself to meet weekly goals as I work myself up to the big, huge, lofty one. I do the same with weights. I aim for a certain weight by the month's end. If I'm curling 15 pounds now, I want to try to get to, say, 25 by the end of February. And I give myself grace. I know that sometimes I'm going to have setbacks, and that's okay. But getting there can be quite the process. I had a hard day today, the day I'm preparing this message. I cried many times, and in front of strangers no less. I had gotten some bad news. I was struggling with self-image. I struggled with my situation and what seemed like a tough decision was really, there's only one ultimate answer to it, and it was an answer I don't want. And so I hit the gym rather hard, tried to work it out on the elliptical. I pushed myself toward that goal, but yesterday I was only at 10 calories a minute. So today I knew that I had to up it some, and so I pushed really hard. Five minutes in, I was breathing heavy and wanting to quit. But the goal stared me in the face. At five minutes, I had 58 calories burned. That's about, you know, it's really under 50 or a little over 11 calories a minute. I wanted 60 or more. So I started pushing a little harder. By the 10-minute mark, I had 130 calories burned, which makes that 13 a minute. By 15, I had 200. So I knew I could take a little breather, and boy, did I need it. I could slow down for a minute, catch my breath, grab a drink, 
I could refocus in order to go hard again. It's there in the middle of my gasping for breath, my rapid heart rate, that I begin to feel God speak into my situation using the workout as a word picture or a parable, if you will. I can meet this goal of mine because I've actually done it before. The COVID break away from the gym maybe set me back, but it's not anything I can't overcome. I can do this. Why? Because I've actually been working out for years. Maybe I don't look like I've been working out, but I do have some type of endurance. History tells me it's attainable. History tells me that pushing on even when it's hard, it has its benefits. History also tells me that God doesn't leave me in the midst of my bad news. He doesn't leave me when there's unexpected situations or answers I don't like to hear. Is it hard? Absolutely. Is it impossible? Not even. Just as I'm gaining strength through my time at the gym, I can gain strength with every trial I go through in life. Training tells me that. Reading my word, relying on God, calling upon Him in the troubled times and in the good good times creates in me a faith that can handle what is being thrown my way. If I was the person who knows about God, knows that He's able, but I didn't build my faith beyond that, then every bad news that came my way would floor me. And this same bad news probably would have early on in my walk with Jesus. Just like the first time I got on the elliptical, I thought I was going to die at a level higher than like two. But now, I'm at a level seven, and I'm working on building my endurance and strength, and I will keep going the more I train. After many years of serving God, I can face these type of situations with a few tears, did I, did I mention that I, I cried in front of strangers today? Ugh. But I know I'm going to have a bigger faith the more I trust in God. I can know that even if I struggle, God's not going to leave me. And with Him, I can do fine. Maybe even extraordinary. Can I challenge you here? Sure, I could challenge you to push yourself a tad more towards your New Year's goals. But really, only if God says to. Instead, let me challenge you to a new goal. Read your word daily. Watch how people from the Bible manage through trials. Watch how God reassures those in his audience to press into him and how their lives, as they were surrounded by Jesus, were so extremely blessed. Pray that God would strengthen your faith. That was the prayer of the man in Mark 9.24. The man's son wasn't doing well, and the man's faith began to waver. He prayed that God would help his unbelief. Also, align yourself with other strong Christian believers. Let them guide you. And when you can, you can start to guide them. This is what has helped me draw close enough to God to feel His presence in the midst of my bad news today. Just like my gym goal is set more by a progression in strength, you can make your goal toward a closer relationship with Jesus the same way. How do you handle bad news? How do you behave during a crisis or an unwanted burden? Are you distraught? Are you losing sleep? Are you pacing the floor, going to Facebook for your advice? Or are you turning to the one Savior who can truly help you and build your faith through it? As you push yourself to read the Bible more, pray more, attend church more, you begin to evaluate how you react to those things God's way. You start to say, hey, I didn't flip out this time. Hey, that was really hard. Did you see how easily I maneuvered through that crisis? You begin to see those things because you see a history 
of the training that you're going through as you read, as you pray, as you um, glean things from your other Christian friends? How do you react when things don't go your way? So I'm in the middle of my 30-minute workout, and I have to take that drink break. I slowed down a bit and took a breather. Listeners, taking a step back does not mean you are quitting. Slowing down life for some rest should be top priority. Without that 60-second drink break midway through, I couldn't have slayed that elliptical and ended the workout with an average of 14 calories a minute, four more than yesterday. Granted, I did have some energy flowing through me that I really needed to get out. It was a rough day. I cried. Did I tell you this? It's horrible. But that short little break rejuvenated me. I'm going to say it again. Read your Bible. Pray. Gather with other believers. But you know what? Rest, too. Take time to be alone with God to rejuvenate you. It will give you the energy to slay the trials that are ahead of you. When I was done with my workout, I was sweaty. I was out of breath. I was totally spent. The first thing I did was raise my hands above my head. Do you remember this trick in elementary, Fayed? If you got a cramp or if you finished the mile run, your teacher would tell you to put your hands above your head? Well, most uh, coaches follow that rule because putting your hands above your head allows more air to get into your lungs, which will help you recover faster. Are you seeing the parallel here? It's a month into 2021. We are past 2020. Woohoo! But we can't fully be sure that 2020 isn't kind of leaking into 2021, right? The battle is long, it's hard, it's tiring, it's defeating. But if you follow the good old coach's rule and raise your hands above your head in worship, you will be allowing more of God to get into your being, which will help you recover faster. As I typed this, I went back to read it out loud. I couldn't help but raise my hands. We raise our hands in worship as a demonstrative way to surrender, as a way to give it all to God. This bad news that I'm facing, I give it to God. The burden of trying to make a decision when no matter what the outcome of the decision is going to be, it's not a good one. Yep, I'm just going to give it to God. I'll press on. I'll push myself when I really just want to collapse under the weight of it all. But I know I can do this because I'm going to take a few moments and I'm going to catch my breath. When all is said and done and probably some times between there, you're going to find me with my hands raised high in worship because like I've said it before, I can do nothing apart from him. When I try, I'm found abandoning everything, totally unable to manage. If I want to meet my goals I set for myself in the gym, I have to eat right, I need to get enough rest, and I need to actually get myself to the gym. If you want to manage life's difficulties with peace, growth, and any amount of sanity, Set your goals toward Jesus. Build your spiritual muscles by reading his word, praying, attending a Bible-teaching church with good, godly people that can be a support for you. And raise your hands often into surrender to a God that is big enough to carry you and the problems of the world. I know a lot of you that are listening are prayer warriors. You attend a great church already, but perhaps you found yourself weighed down. You've been in a spiritual gym fighting hard, It is okay to take a longer break. It's okay to clear your schedule and give yourself some downtime. A worn out body stops building muscle. Your muscles actually grow when you sleep. 
So, you actually get physically stronger while you rest. Think about that for just a second. The same is true when we're facing years like 2020 and possibly going into one with 2021. So give yourself permission to slow things down, turn on some worship music, and breathe. I've set up on the website some tools that can help you in these areas. There's an app you can get on your phone. You can search version, Or if you prefer a, a laptop or a computer, it's Bible.com. It's the same thing. It can help you begin to read your Bible. You can look up reading plans that will take you through the Bible in a year. But maybe two or three years is a better pace for you. Find something that's going to benefit you. Rushing through in a year sometimes isn't best for everyone. But the one-year plan, it has been great for me. On my website, you'll find a Spotify list of great worship songs that you can listen to as you settle your soul and let rest bring you peace. I would also love to put you in touch with a great church in your area. I have a Pastor's Wife Facebook group. There are women, there's like 5,000 of them. There are women in every state, every, maybe every country, I don't even know, but I have that network. I will find you a church wherever you live. Just let me know. Email me and I'll get you in contact with someone. Otherwise, you simply can just ask Alexa, Google, Siri to find a church in your area. Look for something, try some out, and stick to going to church. It's so beneficial. You can find all those links on the podcast Facebook page or go directly to the website uh, just in ordinarygirlpodcast.wordpress.com. It's important for your spiritual life to put in some work, but just know you have the greatest coach ever. He is patient with you as you progress. He won't yell at you if you fall behind. Your coach desires for you to grow, get stronger, and build your endurance, but he doesn't expect you to do it alone. Jesus is your personal coach. He paid a high price to get the job, and it's all because he loves you and he wants to see you succeed. I plan on saying this a lot, so get prepared. I serve an extraordinary God who can do extraordinary things. Whether it be in your workouts, at the gym, or a burden that seems too heavy to bear, put in the work and see what God does through it. Thanks for joining me this week. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And please tell all your ordinary friends. And remember, James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See you next week, guys. This is your host, Ordinary Girl Stevie.